0: Welcome to the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup, being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Susan Littlefield. Hard to believe that this is the last full week of trading in the month of October. Having said that, it's been an interesting ride and more of an interesting ride just in the last 72 plus hours. As we continue to focus on a lot of issues, whether it has to do with weather weather of the Mississippi River. Let's talk about the Fed meeting that's coming up next week and the fact that we are only a week and a half away from elections here in the US, but there's elections globally that are also gonna weigh in on what we see with our market trade. We're gonna get those details and a whole lot more coming up on this week's episode. It may be small, but this little bean fuels a lot of power. It powers a food industry as a top source of protein. It's a fuel that powers diesel engines with fewer emissions. It powers a state economy and bottom lines. And it powers the rest of the world as a top Nebraska export. Yeah, it may be small, but we're finding more ways for this little bean to power Nebraska. So welcome back once again, as you can see, Sue Martin joins me with Ag and Investment and Sean Hackett, Hackett Financial Advisors. And like I was saying in the intro, hard to believe this is the last week, full trading week of October. And it definitely has been a wild ride. And I kind of wanted to start out there first. uh, Sean, since you popped up on the screen uh, first here, let's talk about this wild ride. And what you saw in the month of October is kind of one of the, the sticking points for you.
1: I mean, the sticking point was continued to be the aggressive policy by the Federal Reserve, the guessing about how much longer that's going to go, how bad is the economy already, how worse is it going to get? Um, You know, the on-again, off-again geopolitics of Russia, Ukraine, and now that um, China has indoctrinated Xi Jinping as the ruler forever, you you know, what does that now mean for not only ag policy, What does that mean for geopolitical policy? Does Taiwan come back on the forefront in a more aggressive fashion? So much uncertainty. And when you have that much uncertainty, Susan, you know, speculators tend to push the sell button, not the buy button. And we've seen a lot of weakness in a lot of markets in the last 30 days from all these uncertainties, which I think many of them are going to start to clear up in the month of November. And maybe we're going to get some different trends than we've seen.
0: All right, Sue, what for you? What was your October sticking points?
2: Well, I think probably uh, for me, it's the fact, I agree with Sean about the uncertainty, and I do think we have a lot of uncertainty in these markets. I also believe we're acting a little funky. You look at cotton, we've had an outside range year, higher high, lower low than last year. Coffee breaking down, um, taking out the 618% retracement of last year uh, to this year's high, which uh, by the way, is doing so today. But these markets are getting grossly oversold. But the concern I have is um, in these markets is that, okay, we've seen Xi Jinping uh, gain another five years and he continues to talk about lockdowns. I believe at some point he's going to quit that. Otherwise, is he doing so because food supplies are tight? Or is he really thinking he's going to arrest COVID? Because it has shown his complexion to mutate very easily. And I just think it's going to continue to do so. But um, he's doing so at the expense of the country. And in the meantime, um, maybe he's trying to keep food available for his military. And we can tell that the world did not act favorably to him getting another five years. Uh, I look at... um, Uh, what's going on. And this year's been interesting because fundamentals that we've had this year should have sent these markets even stronger than they did. And um, they're not responding as they normally would. And my biggest concern, of course, is when we come down to the U.S. farmer in relationship to the Brazilian farmer and realizing they're both hoarding or holding on to crops at the same time. That's usually not a good recipe for higher prices down the road. Since we're talking elections, let's start with both of you, uh, with the U.S. elections.
0: We're a week and a half or so away. And I think it's there's some nervousness with a new farm bill coming up that there's going to be a lot of heavy weighing on these elections that might have an effect
2: on ag. What do you think, Sue? I think so. I would have to agree with that. And I think that there's so much disconnect and discontent in this country um, between both parties. And uh, the public is not happy. Uh, They don't trust. They have low confidence in the government. And so when you look at um, our ag sector, the concern is is that we need to see people into the uh, Senate, House, Uh, elected that have good agricultural policies. And when we look at uh, the politics in this country and how they're affecting the markets, interest rates going higher. Well, I kind of think interest rates have kind of started to get expected that we're just going to see another three-quarter percent interest rate hike next week. Um, I think the markets have almost tuned that one out for the moment. I think it's all about these elections and of course, this is following up on Xi's uh, policy. So um, and and the concern, you know, we go down the road. What happens if Xi does move into Taiwan? And then also the other thing about uh, uh, President Putin talking about how he's not going to send a dirty bomb in and what have you and use nuclear. Well, you know, we've heard him talk before. He was amassing troops on the border and said he wasn't going to go in, and he did. Uh, you just can't trust his word, but I'm not sure you can trust Zelensky's either.
0: Well, Sean, you were talking, too, not only about U.S. politics, but Brazilian election as well, taking an effect on the, on the markets here in the States.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, Lula, who was running against Bolsonaro, you know, was the president all through the 2000s into 2014, and he was very much against agriculture policy, meaning he was not a, a a friend to the agricultural sector there. I have a lot of contacts there. i visited there many times, and everyone there in ag land is very, very worried that if he were to get in, he would be he would go after the farmers, attack them, and do everything he could to make their life pretty miserable. And um, so I, I think that has a lot to do not only with the sentiment of what producers down there might do with crops that they have or might have. And it also has a lot to do with how global capital may want or not want to come into the country if they don't feel that their money is going to be well suited. Lula is much more of what you call a socialistic kind of president, um, whereas Bolsonaro, you know, generally speaking, is more of a free market, capitalistic type of leader. And so I just worry that, you know, if Lula were to get in, it might you know send them. Um, you know, kind of a negative message for agriculture as a whole. And also, you know, what prices might be fetched in such a scenario and what the Brazilian real currency might do in such a scenario, which is very important to how U.S. priced soybeans and coffee and other markets that they grow a lot of are priced in.
0: This has definitely been a week and even a month of so much outside market influence on on what we see in the grains and the livestock alike. Having said that, we have a Fed meeting next week. Uh, kind of sandwiched in between now and elections, and that too might bring some issues to ag.
1: The biggest issue and the biggest change and the reason the stock market is taking off all of a sudden is that Yellen, Treasury Secretary Yellen said they are considering buying the long end of the treasury market. So that means they're trying to keep the long interest rates down and stimulate. Now the Federal Reserve is raising rates and pulling liquidity and on the short end to try to slow things down. So, so you have one side trying to slow things down and tighten, and the other side saying that they're going to, um, you know, stimulate. So they call that the twist. And, and it's really something that um, uh, we really ha- we, we've seen the Fed do it before, but we have not seen it being two different entities doing it. And I'm not sure how successful – that's going to be and i'm really interested to see what the fed chairman powell says um, on on wednesday if he mentions anything about the treasury's plans because um, it'll have a lot to do with how markets asset markets react how the u.s dollar react which is, has gotten knocked down a little bit on this yellow news which of course is very important to our exports and very important to how u.s prices are priced relative to foreign prices
0: well, Sue, you're always on top of what's happening within the world of soybeans. And, and I'd heard yesterday that there might have been a drop in the soybean crop in Argentina because it's it's dry.
2: Well, it is very dry in Argentina. and um, But they've also, here again, farmers are very slow in selling beans in Argentina because that's kind of their hedge against inflation. Uh, one thing, just backing up on what Sean said, um, I've heard also where farmers in Brazil that have ordered new equipment have said if Lula da Silva gets in, cancel their orders, because that's how much they fear him. So I have to agree with Sean's path on what he's thinking in Brazil. Um, The weather is very dry in Argentina, but, you know, it's sort of like the big elephant is Brazil. And that's where we're seeing better weather at the present time. There's little pockets starting to show up of dryness, but we they're still planting their crop. And once we get past that, then we'll really start to focus on their weather. But for now, the weather appears to be pretty ideal for them.
0: And, of course, weather will continue to be an issue for us here in the States. And that's because uh, Sean talked about exports, and, and we're not seeing the level come up on the Mississippi River And that's,
2: I think, a big fear factor, even for folks in the Western Corn Belt. It is. I just did a study on um, the water levels at Greenville. And uh, as of October 21st, we hit 5.53 feet. That is so low. It's record low, actually. And um, I went back and I looked at all the years that uh, we had this uh, type of situation going back to 1956, I believe it was. And what happened is all of them, with the exception of one, tended to uh, see the uh, markets decline, like on December corn. Uh, only one went higher into December. The others had a tendency to make a, a regular fall low and not maybe even maybe make lows in December. Well, we talked about a lot of great things here,
0: folks, and, of course, outside market influences, things we're going to have to watch over the next couple of weeks. Thanks so much, Sue and Sean, for joining us today. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Susan.
0: I always want to remind folks, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that has been this week's Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup on the Rural Radio Network.